Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the My Pursuit Podcast. This is episode number 24, and I'm really uh, happy that you're joining me for this uh, particular episode. Um, Got a lot to say. My name is Mike, by the way. I'm your host for this podcast, and if this is the first one you're ever listening to, um, you may want to check out the introductory episode where I explain what I'm actually doing, uh, because this is a unique and, I guess, kind of weird thing (laughs) as far as podcasts go. I'm recording this. I I record these in two parts. Each episode is two parts, part of which I record when I'm on my way to work at the beginning of the week, part of which I record on my way back from work at the end of the week. And uh, the reason why I do that is that I'm a bivocational pastor. And which which means I actually don't receive a salary from the church that um, that I'm the lead pastor at. Um, instead of doing that, I receive my salary by working full time outside of the church. Um, I get the opportunity to do a couple different jobs. I manage a golf course and I coach a high school golf team. So um, that's what I do for uh, for my own family's finances. Um, and I'm really blessed to be able to do those things um, in order to support the ministry that we do. And um, one of the things that this bivocational thing is a new deal to me. I mean, it's only it's new in the last few years of my life, something that I hadn't done when I was originally in ministry and uh, something that I felt uh, particularly called to do over the last few years. And because of that call, um, I've started to go that direction and do this. But um, I'm the kind of person I've, I've never been outside of church ministry before. And so I'm learning how to live in the real world, doing ministry as I go, um, doing ministry daily with the people that I'm with. And one of the things that occurred to me was, um, I really want to be somebody who practices what I preach. When I get up on a Sunday morning and I, and I give a message, I want to make sure I'm practicing what I'm actually teaching. So this podcast is me telling you what my own daily devotions are and what the life application of that is. And then I'm just kind of honest with you as I live that out and as I move forward in, in my own life and in my own ministry. So I, I'm kind of a guinea pig in that um, I'm, I'm living out what I'm talking about on Sunday mornings and I'm letting you know how it goes at the end of the week. So anyway, uh, that, was, that was kind of a big mouthful and sorry for uh, including that intro all the time, but I just want to make sure that you guys know where I'm coming from. This is a little bit of a different week, and I have to admit that there's a little bit of a fail on my part at the beginning of this week, in that I'm recording this not at the beginning necessarily of the week. I'm recording this later on into the week. It's actually Friday, and my reason for that is um, I just got to tell you guys, uh, even though I've been in God's Word, I've, I've been you know reading and doing some of my devotions. I've been so tired when I leave the house in the mornings and so overwhelmed and busy that even the quiet time that I've had in the car, I've actually really, I I don't know that I've needed it, but I've used some of it to, um, you know, to just entertain my own self and, and to listen to some other things as well. And, um, I just needed to be filling my mind with other things rather than spitting things out. And so even though it is the you know, closer to the end of the week. It's Friday, not not Monday. Um, I, I will let you know what I've been working on this week, and tomorrow I still I've still got two full days to 
to live this stuff out. Tomorrow I'm going to let you know on my way home from work on Saturday night, which will be a late night for me, I will let you know how, um, how this stuff has worked out in my life. So uh, let me share with you the scripture that, that my devotion is coming from. Again, we've been kind of going down a little path as we've gone through really the last couple chapters of uh, the book of Luke, 17 and 18 is kind of where we've been. And what this this kind of ends up being the third part of a little three-part series. Not that I meant for it to be that way, but it just kind of has organized itself that way. Because the last couple weeks, I was looking at little bits of Scripture um, that really captivated my imagination ever since I was a, a kid. And I guess my mind in hearing them when I was a kid took me to interesting places, as does the verse that we're looking at today. The previous two have been, um, the first one being... The, the mustard seed faith, when Jesus talks about having a faith even as small as a mustard seed. And, um, you know, in other parts of Scripture, he says you could say to this mountain, move and it will move over there. Um, in the book of Luke, he actually says that you could say to a tree, uh, move and it will uproot itself and, and uh, move to where you tell it to move. And um, that, that captured my imagination when I first heard that as a kid. I don't know if it's because I really wanted to be able to impose my will by, you know, having a faith where I could say, I want miraculous things to happen. I I want to, in some ways, be a, you know, a magician and whether people would go like, whoa, he's really faithful. Look at the amazing, awesome things he can do. Um, I don't know if that was completely the reason why, but it really did spark my imagination as I, as I kind of assume many of you, when you heard that verse the first times that, that you may have thought about it that way. The second one was last week where he talked about faith like a child when Jesus talks about having that kind of faith. And, and for me, that's another one that captivated my imagination. Um, and I, I want to make clear that he wasn't saying a childish faith. He said a childlike faith. And I think some people have assumed that a childlike faith is a faith that doesn't question anything and just does what it's told. And, you know, to that I would always say, do you know children who do that? <laughs> um because that's not my total picture of what a childlike faith would be like. And, and so what I kind of assumed last week was that a childlike faith was a, a faith that was curious and a, a faith that was enthusiastic, um, a, a faith that was passionate, um, a faith that maybe wasn't spoiled by a lot of the things that, that are in this world that seem to, you know, kind of wear us down and spoil our faith. Um, you know, th- those things that cause us to go to those places where, you know, we feel like we've heard it all, seen it all, done it all. And yeah, I just want to get home and and have dinner and, and shut off the rest of the world rather than actually going out of our way to live out our faith because we are excited about it. And so that's what I talked about last week. And then, and then this week, um, would be the third in this little series. And, it's one where Jesus talks to a guy who is kind of asking the question, you know, what, what must I do um, to inherit eternal life? And, and Jesus tells him, unless you give away the things that you've owned, um, that, uh, that you won't inherit eternal life. You know, he, he says, I've kept all these commands. And, and Jesus tells him to do that. He walks away sad. And, and so then Jesus starts talking about how, and this is the part that's always captivated my mind, um, how no, it, it would be as difficult for a rich man to enter heaven as it would for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Now, of course, 
we picture needles and the eyes of needles and, and camels and we go, man, that just sounds impossible, right? And it's interesting as we look at that little bit of scripture and as we wonder about it, because I've, I've had a lot of thoughts and in fact, a lot of worries when I was a kid about that verse. There's no part of me ever as a kid that felt like my family was rich. You know, I, I didn't feel like we had everything we ever wanted, but but really, as I look back at my childhood, I always knew that I, I never I never needed for anything. You know, I, I always had the things that I need, and, and my parents were uh, very generous and always blessed us as kids to have even the things that we wanted. And and so when I was a kid, there was part of me going, if I compare myself to a child in a third world country, yeah, like I, I am rich compared to that. Um, no doubt about it. And and that worried me because then I'm going, does that mean I can't inherit eternal life? And I, I think it's interesting to look at that verse and to think, you know, what do we think about it, you know, when we, when we take it the literal sense of it. But then I remember hearing a couple messages when I was a kid, um, an older kid, older teenager, college kid, where I remember hearing somebody talk about, and maybe you've heard this before, that apparently there may or may not have been a... Um, a gate in the wall into Jerusalem called the Needle Gate. And in order to get through that gate, um, if you had a camel, you would either have to leave the camel behind or you would have to have the camel get on its knees to go through the gate. Um, obviously, the, the, the application of it was you know, you need to humble yourself. You get on your knees to, to enter the kingdom of, of heaven, which I think for a lot of pastors probably has preached well in the past. But I, I also don't know how accurate it is. I've read some people who said that perhaps there was a needle gate and other people who have said, no, there definitely wasn't, that that was people trying to figure out a way in in which you didn't have to actually picture a huge camel going through the almost microscopic eye of a, of a needle. Um, and, you know, I remember as a kid even thinking, you know, could you get a blender, you know, fine enough to blend up a camel to pour it through the eye of, eye of a needle? I mean, I, I used to think of it at that level and go, you know, it's not impossible. You know, obviously all things are possible, um, but it, it just sounds difficult. And, and so I remember hearing that stuff. I, I remember people um, just kind of figuring out ways in which this verse meant that it was okay to be rich and, um, and, and that God would still bless you and that you would still be able to inherit eternal life. Um, the, the thing that I'd like to add to this is the obvious real interpretation of this in that when Jesus is saying this, right, this is in a, a bunch of scriptures that Jesus is putting all together to let especially the Pharisees know and, and his own disciples know that none of them can be righteous enough. Like on your own, there's none of you are righteous enough. And, and he makes it clear in other passages going all the way back through these last few chapters in the book of Luke, he makes it clear you're not righteous. That's why he exclaims the thing about, you know, the divorce. It seems like this teaching like out of the middle of nowhere. He he didn't, he didn't say that in order to make a point about divorce and remarriage. He said that to make a point about righteousness, right? And, and so that's what he's doing here as well, is he's saying, okay, if you are rich, 
Um, you live at a time where people are in great need and you've hoarded things to yourselves. And, and so obviously if you haven't been, if, if you're, if you're rich, you haven't been generous the way that God has probably called you to be generous. And, and so because of that, you're not faultless, you're not righteous, you're not sinless. And, um, and therefore, you know, you, you haven't been able to achieve the state of righteousness that would save yourself and cause you to go to heaven. And, and, and Jesus is clearly saying, right, you, you are not justified based on your own works and based on what you've done to go to heaven. But Jesus has also said, wait, wait, wait. Um, I also want you to know this. I, I also want you to know, and, and he's going to, you know, this is what's made clear in the book of Luke, and that's why Luke is writing it. I, I want you to know that Jesus does make us righteous. His death on the cross, if, if we repent and if we believe in him, then that death on the cross is what makes us righteous enough. Um, but we still get back to this problem in this verse. And, and the problem is um, we're not righteous. God knows it. We know it. I mean, we know it. And yet we seem to live as though we're okay with, with not being what God has asked us to be. And I think that's the part where I, I keep coming back to this and, and I'm like, Jesus wasn't saying, hey, don't worry about it. My death is going to cover your sins anyway, so don't worry about all these things that I've asked you to do. Jesus is saying, don't worry about your level of righteousness, but do what I actually have asked you to do. And what Jesus asked us to do, what God has asked us to do is, is to be generous, to love others, right? That's, that's not a Jesus teaching. It's not a brand new teaching for Jesus. It's a teaching that appeared in the Hebrew scriptures that was along, you know, around long before Jesus. You know, both Isaiah and Micah, the prophets, when God spoke to them and spoke through them, God said to the people, you know, I, I'm tired of your sacrifices. I don't want your sacrifices. In fact, um, he says they're detestable to me. What do I want you to do? And in Isaiah, it says, I want you to care for the fatherless and the widow. And, and in Micah, he says, um, what is good and what does the Lord require of you is, is to do justice, to love mercy, and to humbly walk with your God. And so we, we see that Jesus has called us to live a certain way. Yet here we are as Christians who seem to be okay with, you know what, I'm not righteous, I'm not even trying to be righteous, and that's fine with me, and that shouldn't be fine with us. We should be willing to look at what Jesus say, says and say, you know, when God told us that I want you to do this, are you doing this? And so for me, the life application of this is to take the words of Jesus and the words of God and, and the law of God to take those things seriously. Now, I, I don't mean to take seriously the, you know, wearing polyester or the different blends of fabric. I mean, those are things that were purity codes that are kind of something that that meant a different thing at that time than it does now. But but when we look at our, our morality and our moral behavior, one of the things that I believe that I'm called to do as I read this scripture is to take Jesus seriously, to take scripture seriously to say am i caring for those who are hurting am i loving those that are and so this week i'm going to have a special eye out um, for those who are hurting and i've already been trying to do that and i'll kind of let you know on my way home what that looks like but i I wonder if that's a challenge that's that's there for you too to say you know what maybe perhaps 
I, and I've got to admit this. I've been far too comfortable for far too long to say, you know what? I know I'm not righteous, so no big deal if I'm a little bit less righteous today. Um, my call needs to be, I, I need to be listening to what God tells me to do and, and living up to his high standard whenever I can. Um, because he is God and because he knows what's right and what's best for me. And sometimes what are right and what are best for me are not the easiest things. In fact, I can definitely attest to that. Um, but, but I'll continue to live and, and to push myself this week. And I have been trying to push myself this week to live that way. So I'll kind of let you know some of those stories that have already been happening um, and, and the ones that happen today and tomorrow that maybe kind of go along with this. I'll, I'll share some of those with you to, um, as I am on my way home at the, at the end of the podcast. So um, the last segment on the way to work on, on this day is to answer a question that's submitted by a listener. And do you have a question? It was sent to me by uh, a person who asked me um, what to do if I feel a call to ministry. And... Um, Man, that's a great question and a really cool question um, because the question was all, also along with uh, how do I know I'm being called to ministry? And I think these are great questions, especially with what we're going through at church right now because one of the things that I'm saying on Sunday mornings is that God calls every one of us into ministry. That's something that we learn from the book of Acts is that everybody should have a ministry. We should all have a church that we are in ministry at. We should all, we should all have people that we reach, the people that are generally in our reach, our family, our friends, our co-workers, the people that we see on a regular basis, we should consider ourselves in ministry for them. And we should be able to name our ministry and say, this is what my ministry is. And then on top of that, we should even have a ministry that we would refer to maybe as our outreach ministry, where Jesus says, you know, go therefore, you know, and he talks about, you know, in Jerusalem, Judea, and, and even Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth, that that our ministry shouldn't have boundaries on it, that we should be able to cross those boundaries and borders in order to minister to others. So, number one, I want you to know you are called to ministry. Everybody is. And it's something that we don't hear nearly enough. People have made it sound, because of how church history has gone, they've made it sound like, oh, only the people who are magically ordained and specially called are the ones who are called to ministry. And I want you to know all of us are called to be in ministry. And um, my ministry might look a little bit differently than yours, but we are all called to be a part of it. And, and I would say to those who feel called to ministry, if you're feeling like ministry might be part of your vocation, that, that, that it's going to be something that, that you do, one of the things that I would encourage you to do is um, if, if you're looking at that in your future, if you're saying like this is a part of like going to school for it or something like that, I would say, and this is from where I'm at right now, I would say um, go to school for something else. Um, if, you're, if you want to be in full-time ministry as a pastor, I, I think that's a very high calling. Um, but I wish that somebody had told me, hey, Mike, you should, you should go to school for something else. You should go to school so that you can support um, being in ministry and loving others. Um, I, I do believe that there are people who are called to be full-time ministers in a church. That number is becoming less and less. In fact, the United States of America is one of the only countries in the world anymore where many pastors um, assume that they will somehow have a full-time salary. And that number is, is dwindling in the United States to right now there are more bivocational or, um, or 
I, I, I don't know what I would call myself sometimes. I call myself ultra vocational. Um, that, that there are more of those in our culture now um, than ever before, and there's more of those than people who are paid full-time to be in ministry. So I, I would ask you to consider that. Is that part of your calling? Um, I, I think when I was called to ministry, I, I kind of romantically loved the idea of being able to work full-time in a church. That sounded like a, a beautiful idea. I get to be around Christians. I get to be around, around the people who are doing exciting things all the time. And, and um, one of the things that I've, I've learned how to do and learned why to do over the last um, few years is how to be in ministry outside of the church as well as inside of the church. So I, I, would, I would encourage you to seek out your call, to, to have a vision for it, have dreams about it, start to understand who God might be calling you to minister to. Um, but I want you to understand you're called to it like in your daily life. You're not just called to do it in the future once you're trained up. You're called to be practicing it and working on it now. Um, that that's something that you should be trying to hone as you as you love others and care for others and um, are in ministry with people around you. You should be working on that now um, rather than waiting for it, you know, after you get your degree or after you get your education or experience or your higher calling or whatever you kind of anticipate that that might look like. So anyway, that would be how I'd respond to that question. But um, I want you guys to have a, a, a fantastic a fantastic week. I mean, I'll be right back. So you guys will get to hear from more from me in a second, but, um, I'm excited to share with you on the back half of this podcast, what happens this week. So anyway, thank you guys for listening and talk to you soon. All right. Well, Hey everybody, I'm back. It is the end of the week and it is late. Um, Man, it's like 8:30 on Saturday night. I'm just now getting home from work. We had a long, uh, I had a long day. I've been there since early in the morning, working on a golf tournament uh, today and scoring the golf tournament. There was just like a lot more to it today than I thought, but uh, got my job done. And um, it's been an interesting week. And I know I told you um, on the recording on the way to work, I, I let you know that. I really wished I could have recorded that part earlier in the week, and I really do because I think I had more of a realization even today about kind of the scripture that that I was looking at that I'm going to have to definitely make this part of my uh, life application for next week, but uh, let me start out with this. I had a really cool week, a very long week, um, a week where not only was I working on golf tournaments at the golf course today, but I actually, you know, took my golf team to golf tournaments this week and kind of a cool thing. Uh, my team is ranked number one for the first time ever, um, which is a really, really cool thing. Um, something that I'm very excited about. We, um, we went to a, um, we had a match against all the teams in our league on um, on Tuesday, and we won it, and we won it by two strokes, and uh, two strokes, in fact, over the other team from our town, which is really cool because, you know, our high school, it used to be one high school, and then it split, um, like, the year before I even started coaching, and so kind of hurt both programs a little bit when it split because you're taking the kids that are involved in one team and, like, tugging them towards two teams, and and uh, the uh, this week was really a cool week that um, those teams finished number one and two 
in our league, and that was that was a pretty cool thing. And um, so any, anyway, I know it was just one tournament, one league thing this week, but that was kind of a cool thing. Made me feel real good about you know just having an impact golf wise on people, but. You know, of course, my life isn't just about having a, a golf impact on people. I mean, I, I really like it when, you know, people fall in love with the game and, and learn to play it at a better level and learn to enjoy it for the right reasons. I, I really love that because I love the game of golf so much and it means so much to me. But um, when it comes down to it, that's I, I, I want to be that about Jesus to other people. And... I guess that's kind of where my life application led me this week. And, of course, you'll remember because it was not that long ago for you, but a couple days ago for me. Now when I was recording on the way to work, when I shared that um, the scripture that I was looking at made me really think, you know, we need to take Jesus and his teaching seriously. And, And we need to take him seriously. And so what I really thought about, especially these last couple days, especially today, I had just some space in the day to think about this, um, was what it means to take Jesus seriously on that. Um, and not just like, what does it mean to like do this thing that he says, you know, when, when he tells, uh, the rich young ruler, you know, in the scripture that we were looking at, uh, this week, when he tells him, you know, give all your possessions away, you know, give it, give the money to the poor, that sort of thing. Um, it's not just about knowing what Jesus is saying in, in those little bits. It's more about knowing Jesus' priorities. Because here's kind of what I discovered this week. This week I've, I've kind of been swimming in this verse and swimming in this thought of um, doing what Jesus said. And, and that, that needs to be at the, at the front of my mind, at the front of my desires, is to really do what he says. Not just dumb it down for how I might live today, but to really do it. And so, you know, I think it's some of the things that Jesus says. And I think I fall into a similar trap that maybe a lot of you do as well, that sometimes I feel like Jesus' call on my life is to be nicer. You know what I'm saying? That that kind of limits it, you know, that, that I limit it by saying that, that, that Jesus just wants me to be nicer, nicer to people that are rude people or, you know, angry people or, or whatever, you know, nicer to these people. And certainly I, I think there's something to be said about that, but, but let's, let's be clear. Okay. And, and I did that this week. There were a couple of circumstances where I was in situations confronted in some way by people who were rude, um, angry, prideful, and I could have had, you know, I could have had a reaction of anger back, and, and I didn't. And that's something that I've been working at all the way through this um, whole My Pursuit series is how to be nicer. But here's the deal. If you're nicer to somebody, what you've accomplished is that they see you as nicer. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but if that's where it stops, if it's just about, you know what, I want to be nicer, I want to be more polite, I want to be more kind, um, that, that if that's it, if it's just like this personality thing, I think we've really kind of missed out on Jesus priorities and what they should mean to us because it's certainly not all about, let's just be nicer. So that one of the things I found out by, by being nicer to other people, it it didn't change anything. 
And in fact, I look at some of the people over the last few weeks that I've been nicer to. Didn't necessarily change anything. I mean, it it might change the way that they look at me and, and that they at least see me as a nice guy. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't want that or didn't think that that was important. But but here's the deal. Like, if we're going to take Jesus' teaching seriously, Jesus takes it to a whole other level with us, right? I'm sure Jesus wants us to be nice. But Jesus wants us to make disciples, right? And Jesus wants us to like love others and not just not just love others as in being nice to them loving others as in like being sacrificially good being kind in a way that that this culture doesn't recognize as as normal that this culture looks at and says like what whoa, 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 wait what are you doing like why would you do a thing like that um it was interesting this week um i, I was telling a story it was a story i was reminded of from uh, I mean, it was back when I was in college. I um, I was walking out of one of my favorite music stores, and um, I saw money blowing across the ground. And have you ever had that? I mean, I'm, that's probably the only time that's ever happened. You know, you spotted like a dollar bill on the ground before. Well, this was like spotting a dollar bill um, being blown by the wind, and it was like far away. It was like across an entire parking lot away. But the funny thing about it was the wind, the way that the wind was blowing it, it was up in the air and it was blowing toward me. And, and I, I know this sounds crazy, but I, I barely even had to move. And within a short amount of time, that, that like bill blew all the way to me. And the crazy thing about it was it wasn't just like a $1 bill, it was a $50 bill. And, you know, I guess I, I hope that if I found a $50 bill like in a grocery store that I might turn it in hoping that somebody, you know, noticed that they lost it and needed it and that it would get to them if that if they really needed it. But this was a situation where, I mean, this thing may have blown from like a whole other strip mall to where I was standing outside this music store. So this money came to me and like, I mean, I felt really blessed by that. And so what did I do with it? I took it right into the store that I just came out of and I bought another CD, <laughs> um, which I, I don't know that there's necessarily anything wrong with that. Although I, I guess there's part of me that looks at that and goes, was that really your first like priority <laughs> when that money blew over to you? You know, you know what I'm saying? But that, that is what I did with it. And then I had, you know, 30 some dollars left. I had all this money left. And um, was outside of the place that I worked. I was working at a downtown uh, Presbyterian church in Phoenix, and was walking uh, from where I parked my car to, you know, the the front door so I could go into my office. And I'm walking into the front door, and before I get there, there's a guy who stops me on the street, and he says, "Hey, man, I know that people probably ask you for money all the time, but I'm just wondering if like God's given you anything that you can spare." And, um, and I mean, the way he said it, like my first reaction, sorry, there's an ambulance passing me there. Um, my, my first reaction was like to think about the money in my pocket and to go, Oh my goodness. My second reaction was to look at the guy and and to notice that this guy, I mean, looked pretty down and out, um, looked like the kind of guy that you might expect would be panhandling for money and using it, um, you know, for 
purposes that you would wish that you wouldn't use it for. And that kind of bummed me out, but I had the money in my pocket. I reached in my pocket and I handed it to him. It was 30 some dollars at this point. Handed it to him. And his reaction was, he he looked at me and he said, oh man, you don't want to do that. And like, like he thought maybe I was trying to hand him a little bit of money, but I handed him a lot and that he was going to point out my mistake because he was honest. And I said, no, um, actually God did give that to me and I, I don't know why. So here it is. And that's all I could do with it was, was to give it away. I mean, I was happy at that point, but at that point, by the way, you know, a $50 bill, that was a big deal. Like I didn't, I, I wasn't swimming in money at this point in my life. Um, that was a, that was a really big deal to me. And giving it to this guy, um, you know, while it felt good, was also something where I was like, man, that does feel like a sacrifice. Um, but anyway, I was telling this story to somebody this week who kind of asked a, a question that related to it. And I told that story, and I remember the, there were two girls who were listening to this story, and one of them, her reaction was like, oh my goodness, like why? You know, you know what they do with money when you give it to them, and and the other one was like, her reaction was, wow, that's, that's really cool. Um, and I could tell that she, her feeling was that's really cool, um, that I would do something sacrificial because in her mind, I I could just tell it expanded something in her that made her go, I don't hear many stories about sacrifice. And I guess that's where a lot of this comes down to this week for me is that while I'm thinking about, you know, what Jesus has called us to do and how Jesus has called me to live, um, being nice, while it's cool and important, and while I, I, I think all of us have this desperate desire to be known as the nice guy or the nice lady or, or whatever, that we have that desire. But Jesus is calling us to something a lot more than that. He's calling us to move something to the next level. Like, He's really calling us to make disciples. And I guess I've been a little bit more confronted this week about the fact, am I moving relationships in that direction? Is, is that what I'm trying to do? Is that what I'm about? And so what I've really been thinking a lot about today is, you know, what does take something to the next level where you were making a disciple? And I guess I just can't get around the fact that it's honest conversations um, that really lead us there. I mean, it starts with acts of, you know, maybe kindness or especially sacrifice because it's, it's just so far out of the box of how people live today. It starts with that. And then it's got to move into having honest conversations where we're willing to say what needs to be said, you know, and we're willing to ask the questions that will lead to the bigger conversation. I missed an opportunity today, and I feel like a heel for missing this opportunity. I knew that it was there, um, that I, I had a guy who was asking me a deeper question. I was into some work, and I wasn't mean to him. I wasn't rude to him. In fact, I was very nice to him. But... I could have pressed that question further to kind of ask him where he was at, like where things were in his life, and I didn't. And um, I'm kind of regretting that now, and that that feels kind of like a fail. And I know maybe this sounds a little bit like I'm rambling on, but I I guess my question is, how are we going to take it to the next level? How are you going to do that? How am I going to do that? And that's where it has to go for me in this next week, is taking some of those conversations to the next level taking conversations to the place where 
um, I'm challenging people to to ask or answer questions about like where their life is really going and, and to see if that can lead towards discipleship and like let me be honest discipleship for me isn't only just like a spiritual activity um, discipleship for me is is a life mentoring activity it's 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 not just about like do you know where you're going to go when you die or you know if if you're standing in front of Jesus and he asks you why should I let you in heaven what would you say it's not just about asking questions like that in fact i think some of those questions like put people in the wrong space but but i think discipleship is a lot about you know like really guiding people through life and guiding people toward um, where Jesus is and that depth that he calls us to. And so I, I guess I know that this is the ride home, but I'm, I'm more challenged now than I was even at the beginning of the week. So um, you're going to hear me next week talk about um, taking this conversation to the next level. And I know that's kind of where it's gone in the last few days, but I really realized that through the course of this week, even even as I recorded on my way to work the other day and I admitted to you it was too late, um, I'd already done some nice things to be nice to people. And I, and I like that. I, I, I want to be known as the nice guy. But what I really want to be known for is I want to be known by Jesus as somebody who was willing to have those conversations and was willing to lead people into areas of discipleship. So next week, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about where that goes. And um, I, I'm, I'm excited to do that. And um, I'm excited to talk more about this next week. Again, I'm sorry about the late start on this week. And I don't, I don't know how much control I really had over it. I mean, I, I was exhausted at the beginning of the week. I'm a little exhausted today, to be honest with you. And I know I've got a big morning because tomorrow is Sunday morning. And um, I'm excited about what's going on in our church. In fact, I'm so excited because we're we're like growing in a way that I had never anticipated. We're filling the room that we're in, and like we just had to add more parking this week. And I just can't believe that that's happening. It's such a cool thing, and um, I'm really thankful that that's what God is doing right now. But but it's all for naught if people aren't becoming disciples. And so that's what this needs to be about, and that's where we're headed in the future. So anyway. Thank you guys so much for listening. And um, I'm trying to think of a, a, a musical suggestion that I can give you. And um, my mind is drawing up a big blank. Although, I, I got to admit, last week, because I was talking about a childlike faith, um, I had to... And I don't know if I've done this yet in uh, in this podcast, but uh, because I was thinking all about it, uh, the song Like a Child by the band Jars of Clay came to mind. And uh, so I had to listen to their um, debut CD. I, I believe it's self-titled, their, their debut CD. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But it's the very first one. It's the one with the blue covers, the one with Flood on it, which was kind of a popular song for a while. Um, but it, it has so many good songs. And that Like a Child, um, I, I, I just love that song. And, and it's been in my head a bunch this week. Um, almost as much as the song that my kid has been listening to. My youngest kid has been listening to a song, uh, a bad lip reading song. Have you seen these on on YouTube um, where they do a bad lip reading of the movie Star Wars? And I've got the Yoda song in my head all week long. Um, I won't sing it for you because you don't want to hear it and it would get stuck in your head. But uh, if you have time and you want to uh, giggle and you love Star Wars the way that our family does, 
uh, maybe you should check it out. But anyway, uh, once again, I'm so thankful that you guys are listening to this um, and uh, looking forward to getting back with you next week. Next week is the first week of April. It's the spring break week here. So um, hopefully it'll be an interesting week where we can uh, kind of move forward as far as how do we talk about discipleship. But anyway, thank you guys again for listening. Looking forward to talking to you again. Bye.